Welcome to the Invictus Church Podcast. We're grateful that you've chosen to listen, and we want to invite you to join us each week as we upload new content. Our prayer each week is that those who listen in would not just be stirred or inspired, but also changed. Now, get ready for life change with this week's message from Invictus Church. Well, welcome everybody to part four of a series we are calling Marked. In this series, we are looking at different marks, evidences that God has left behind uh, to prove to us, to demonstrate to us that he is here, that he exists, that he is with us, and that he loves us. And, uh, and so in this series, we've been looking at these different marks, these thumbprints that God leaves behind. And over the last several weeks, we've looked at, at week one, uh, we looked at creation and how God can use creation as an evidence to prove that he's there. We looked at nature and science that week. The second week, we talked about the word consideration, that the Lord has given us the ability to consider things, to use reason and logic. And as we use reason and logic, it leads us to the conclusion God is there. God does love us. God God does care about what's going on in our lives. In week three, we talked about conviction, that we have this inner moral compass that human beings have that uh, is is really hard to explain for people who don't believe in God. People that say we evolved from natural processes, it's really difficult for them to explain. If we just evolved, then why do we feel bad about certain things? Why, Why do we have a conscience inside us, and our conviction can lead us to truth about God. And today, we are talking about how we can know God through connection, through connection. So write that down. We can know God's truth through connection. Now, it's through this word, connection, that we fully realize the point of this whole series. And the point of this series, we've said it every week, is that truth is Knowable. Everybody repeat that after me. Truth is knowable. You can know the truth. Jesus said in John 8, 32, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, this word connection has to do with a longing that we have to connect with God, to get to God, to connect with something bigger than ourselves. And so Jesus when considering this word connection, made a pretty bold claim. In John 14, 6, Jesus said this, and notice he doesn't stutter or stammer here. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. That statement makes a lot of people not like Christianity. A lot of people don't like Jesus because he made this statement. They're saying he's too exclusive. He's leaving other people out. There's only one way to God. And they get frustrated and they get angry about that. And then when I just stop and reason for a minute and and talk with them and ask a few questions, I I ask the question, why is God obligated to provide any way at all? If you're angry that Jesus says there's only one way, shouldn't we be grateful that he gave us any way? Why is he obligated to provide any way at all? This way, Jesus, is important for us to chew on and to understand because if we want to connect with God, Jesus says, I'm the way to do it. I'm the conduit through which that connection can have. Connection is all about how we know God. 
You see, it's not enough, what we've done in this series so far, it's not enough to know that God exists and to know that he loves us and to know that he's present with us. It's not enough to know that. We need to know him. See, there's a difference between knowing about the president and knowing the president. We all know about the president, don't we? But you show up at the White House, they're not going to let you in and say, oh yeah, Mr. Trump is waiting to have lunch with you. Now, whether you like him or not, that's irrelevant. If you know the guy, you're personally connected with him, and you show up at the White House, you might get in. You might have an appointment with him. You see, there's a difference between knowing about and knowing. And it's not enough to just know about God. We need to know him. In fact, we want to know him. We long to know him. And so I want you to write down three truths about connection. The first one is this. Humanity desires to connect with God. Humanity longs for it. All of us as people want to connect with God. This is why all human cultures have been religious on some level. Every culture in human history has been religious because we are all looking to connect with something outside ourselves, something bigger than ourselves. It's called transcendence. The word transcendence simply means above, beyond, beyond our ability, beyond our comprehension, beyond our, our, our actual ability to fully understand, beyond our strength, beyond our possibilities, we long to connect with things that are beyond us. That's why human beings have always tried to connect with some form of a God. Every culture has been religious. We long to search and connect, look, search for and connect with God. It's because it would give us a sense of significance, wouldn't it? If you could know God, wouldn't that make you feel important? Now, again, whether or not you like Mr. Trump, if you knew him and you got to have lunch with the president, wouldn't that feel kind of cool? Maybe you don't like him and it's just so you punch him in the face, but it still would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Maybe the opposite end of the spectrum, and, and you didn't like Obama. But still, it would have been pretty cool to have been able to have president or have lunch with the president. It'd make you feel significant. That significance pales in comparison to the significance that we find when we connect with God, the one who created everything. See, when we look at the world around us, we have this problem. We start to feel kind of small. When we consider creation, when we consider the universe, we, when we consider our place on the planet, you're one of seven billion people. Makes you feel kind of small, doesn't it? Kind of insignificant. In fact, when we see the vastness of creation, we feel tiny. I want you to watch this video and see what I mean. 
this video is simply showing the scale of our planet compared to other bodies in the universe. And so there's Earth. We get to boast that we are bigger than Pluto and Mercury and Venus. And then you put us next to Neptune and we're getting real small there. Next to Saturn. largest planet in our solar system, Jupiter. But even when you consider how big Jupiter is compared to Earth, look at Jupiter next to the sun. That's our star. And you're going to see here in a moment how small our star is. There are a, a million Earths can fit inside the sun. A million. Look at the uh, satellite radio star, Sirius. Our sun is pretty small. Then you look at Pollux. We get smaller and smaller and smaller. Remember how tiny Jupiter seemed next to our sun? Look at Arcturus compared to Pollux. The blue giant Rigel is tiny compared to the red giant Betelgeuse. Sharpie marker and climb up here onto this big screen behind me, you could not make a dot small enough with a Sharpie to compare the size of our sun with that last star. We are tiny. And we don't like it. We don't like that sense of insignificance, unimportance. Why do we not like that? Why are we so uncomfortable with the tininess of our own existence? Because something in us, innate, an instinct in us, longs for more. It knows I'm not supposed to be that insignificant. Your cat does not experience that. Your gerbil, your dog, your horse, your pot-bellied pig. No other creature on the planet Earth has that same sense that we have that I'm meant for more than this. We all long for significance, but when we look at the vastness of creation, we feel a sense of inferiority and tininess and smallness and weakness and vulnerability. And the psalmist wrote in Psalm 8, 3 through 6, When I look at the night sky and I see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you have set in place, what are mortals that you should think of us, mere humans that you would care for us? God, you made us 
only a little lower than God. And you crowned us with glory and honor. You put us in charge of everything you made, giving us authority over all things. You see, the psalmist understood a profound, profound truth. We are significant. When you consider the vastness of the universe, it would make sense that we aren't significant. And yet there is something inside us that screams, no, that's not true. I do matter. I am significant. My dog, as much as I love my dog, does not have that inner need to feel significant. You and I have it. You can't explain it apart from the the creator put that seed in us. We know we matter. Does anything in our species, or anything other than our species on earth, long for something more excellent? For example, has your dog ever set out on a quest to discover who the creator of the doghouse is? No. But we go on this quest all the time to find out more, to find out what's significant and what matters. When we know we're on top of the entire earth, we're we're the top of the food chain, that makes us feel like we matter. But then when we consider the whole vastness of the universe, we start to feel like we don't matter again. It's it's this problem that we have, this unsatisfied need to feel like we matter. You know where you're going to find satisfaction for for that need? Only in a relationship with God. In a relationship with God, you will find that contentment, that that filling up of the need to know that you matter. You see, this is why people hop from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. They're looking for a sense of significance. It's why they they strive to get a better job and to make more money and to uh, lead more people and make a bigger difference and to make a bigger mark in the world and leave a bigger legacy and that kind of thing. They they strive for it because they want a sense of significance. Well, none of those things are ever going to satisfy that sense of significance, only a relationship with God. The only way to overcome the smallness that we feel is to connect with the one who made it all. If we can achieve a relationship with that being, that would send a pretty clear signal to us that we matter. This, again, is why all humans have been religious. And and I want you to stop and think about this for just a second. Even communism, even that form of government, has wound up becoming religious. Consider this for just a second. Communism starts out saying, there's no God, there's no religion, it's all illegal. And yet, what do they wind up doing? Look at communist Russia. What did communist Russia wind up doing? They wound up worshiping Vladimir Lenin, the guy who started communism in Russia, the founder. When he died, they hooked his body up to all kinds of tubes and stuff and kept running junk through it to preserve his body. And you can still go to Moscow and see Lenin's perfectly preserved body, and you have to stand in a long, ridiculous line to see it. Why? Because the people began to worship him. If they couldn't find significance in God who didn't exist, we find significance in this little God 
who started our movement. In the, the most horrible communist country on the planet Earth, North Korea, who do the people worship? The dictator. They treat him like he's a god. Why? Because it's in us. Even an atheist in our culture who says, well, I don't worship a president or some person or some leader. You know what an atheist worships? More knowledge. More understanding. You know what they really worship? Time plus chance. They believe that given enough time and enough chance, anything can happen. You know what that's called? Faith. All of us have that need in us to connect with greatness. All of us do. No matter what a person believes, it's obvious that humans long to connect with something bigger. We search for God. That's why connection shows us that humanity desires to connect with God. Second thing I want you to write down is that God desires to connect with us. Stop and think about that for a minute. The God who created all of those stars that we just looked at, you can't even pick out the sun with a Sharpie marker when you compare that last star. But God can pick you out on the face of the earth, and he knows you, and he wants you to know him. God longs to connect with us. Consider this statement for just a minute. You have wanted to connect with God for most of your life, but God has wanted to connect with you for all of eternity. He made you so that you could know him. Jeremiah 31.3, the Lord appeared to us saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. God has loved you since before you were even a thought. Before your parents wanted to have kids. Before your grandparents wanted to have kids. And all the way back to the beginning, before the first people had kids, God thought of you and has loved you with an everlasting love. Consider the story of the Bible for just a minute. Here's the story of the Bible summed up. God created humans to know him and to love him. He created us so that we could have a relationship with him. But humans rejected God by sinning. We, we broke the relationship. We messed it up. Now, God could have immediately said, done, wipe them all out, let's start over. He could have destroyed us, but instead God strove to forgive people again and again and again and again. And even in the, the hard parts of the Bible that we read, the, the difficult parts about God's judgment and his wrath, he didn't wipe out everybody. He gave us a chance to start over again and again and again and again. He has been so patient and long-suffering with us. He made us to have a relationship with him, yet we kept rejecting him over and over and over and over again, and over and over and over again. He continued to give us a chance to come back. 
until one day, finally, he offered a final solution. And what was his final solution? It was to put on skin himself, to come to earth in the form of a person, and to die for us. The perfect died for the imperfect so that we could be made right and have a restored and right relationship with God. And then, what does he do? He offers forgiveness to us free of charge. He doesn't lord it over us. He just says, I want to forgive you and have a relationship with you. That's, that's the Bible summed up. John 3.16 in the message paraphrase says, This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. When God came to, the, to earth in the form of Jesus Christ, he sacrificed his one, his only son for you and for me. If that story teaches us anything about God, it is that his love is relentless. No matter how many times we've cheated on him, no matter how many times we've lied to him, no matter how many times we have broken his heart, he forgives us again and again and again and again. And that's why Romans 8.38 says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't and life can't. The angels can't and demons can't. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, and even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. It's God's example of love that teaches us what legitimate love really looks like. 1 John 3.16 says, We know what real love is because Christ gave up his life for us. He has spent eternity longing to connect with us. And most of us have spent most of our lives longing to connect with him. And that leads us to the third truth about connection, and that is this. Write it down. Connection with God gives us purpose. You want your life to have meaning and purpose and significance? It is a connection with God that does it. Solomon was the third king of the nation of Israel. He was the greatest king that the nation Israel ever had. He had everything that he could ever want and probably some things he didn't want. Did you know that Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines? Now, if sex could satisfy, it would have satisfied him. It didn't. He had everything that he could ever want, and here's what he wrote, Ecclesiastes 2, 24 through 26. So I decided there's nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and to find satisfaction in work. Because prior to this, he kept saying, everything's meaningless, everything's meaningless. All right, the richest dude in the world at the time, at least in his world, was, was saying everything's meaningless. It's all pointless. So I decided there's nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and find satisfaction in work. Then I realized that this pleasure is from the hand of God. For who can eat or enjoy anything apart from him. God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to those who please him. Solomon's point was this. Only 
God satisfies. Maybe you've heard other people describe the human condition as one where we have a God-shaped hole inside of us. That's what this message is all about. Explain the hole. If you're an atheist, you can't explain the hole. There's no sensible way for you to describe why that evolved from nothing. I dare you. Try it for just a minute. Put on your atheist hat. Pretend you're an atheist. If you're not, if you are, great. You don't have to put on that hat. You're already wearing it. But if, if, if you're not wearing that hat, put it on for a minute. Pretend there's no God. And assume for a minute that we evolved purely on accident. And, and take into account this whole philosophy of evolution, the survival of the fittest. You survive by evolving and becoming better and stronger and, and, and overcoming. And that's what happens to the species. Why is it evolutionarily advantageous to evolve a God-shaped hole? Wolves don't need it. Polar bears don't need it. Sharks don't need it. Field mice don't need it. Cockroaches don't need it. If evolution explains everything, explain to me why we have this desire, this need for significance. The only sensible, logical, even plausible explanation for it is that the one who created us put it there, and he did it for a reason. We long to connect with God. He longs to connect with us, and it is that connection that gives us purpose. What are you unsatisfied with in your life? Anybody here completely satisfied with the stuff in your life? No. This life's broken. This life's messed up. You know what? Maybe, maybe you want more money. You want a better car. You want a better relationship with your spouse. Maybe you, you want a spouse. Or you want a different spouse. Or a different job. Or different friends. Or you want people in your life who understand you more. Maybe you wish you had a better figure. Maybe you wish you had my figure. <laughs> Somebody said I got it. <laughs> That's funny. Maybe you wish you had the next new technological gadget, the iPhone 38, whatever number they're going to be up to next week. Need a new computer, need a better car, need a better house, need a new set of golf clubs. I wish I had fill in the blank. None of those things, none of those things, none of those things will satisfy. Only one thing gives us a sense of purpose, a sense of significance, a sense of I matter in a universe where it don't make sense that I should matter. Only one thing gives us that sense of significance, and it is a relationship with God. We can't find fulfillment in life without it. Remember the point of this whole series? 
It's to remind us that when life is hard, and it gets hard, it's to remind us that God is with us, that he loves us, that he is really there. Oftentimes, we let the difficulties in our life, the frustrations in our life, the the discouragements in our life get the better of us. And that's because we really don't have the relationship with him that we should have. We've spent most of our lives longing to connect with him. He has spent forever longing to connect with you. And the only way for you to find a sense of meaning is to let those two worlds collide and to let him change you by starting a relationship with him today. Let's pray. Thanks again for listening to the Invictus Church podcast. Be sure to tune in every week for more new content. We'd like to invite you to join us in person for our weekend worship services. To get more information about our meeting times and location, please visit us online at www.invictus.church. If this or any of our episodes have inspired you to take steps in your relationship with Jesus, please let us know by sending us a note at info at invictus.church. We would love to hear how our message has helped change your life. Also, if our podcast has been meaningful for you and you'd like to give financially to our ministry, you can easily make your contribution online at www.invictus.church. Thanks one more time for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week.